Welcome to Journey to Inner Wisdom. I'm Crystal Cotto Sullivan, Wisdomologist and your host. I've been talking about the journey to inner wisdom, as well as exploring the many tools that are available to guide us on that journey. And I've been talking to different people who can guide us, who are guides and mentors for this journey. Now on the journey, there are sometimes detours, there are invitations that sometimes we pay attention to and sometimes we need to just dismiss. There are forks in the road and sometimes we're prepared and sometimes we're caught off guard. Sometimes we have to make some tough choices about what where the journey is going to take us. So the journey takes awareness. It takes reflection and willingness to take risks. And sometimes it takes a leap of faith, jumping off the cliff and discovering that we can fly. And often the journey is really about transformation. Not often, usually is. So today I'm going to be talking to Luann Hunt, who will be talking about her journey and transformation and the different times of transformation and what happened in her life. So welcome, Leanne. Hi, Crystal. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Great. I'm delighted that you're able to join me today. So before we begin, let me tell people a little bit about you. Luann is a certified trainer, two-time best-selling author and success coach. After a career in the police force, she is now a professor at a community college. She started her coaching business in 2018 to help as many students as possible dealing with the sometimes overwhelming prospect of starting a new business while still completing their education. So welcome, Louie. Thank you. So we're going to talk about transformation today. And I know one of your books is called Transformation. And um, you have a lot of different stories about the times of transformation in your life. So why don't we begin with your story about your journey to this point? <laughs> well, as you said, there's so many transformations that happen in, in everybody's life, I'm sure. And I'm sure that if you were to take 10 year blocks of your life and really think about it, I bet you could probably come up with a transformation that happened within those 10 year blocks. And I was actually taught to write that way by Jan Frazier, who is the person who is in charge of the life series of books. And one of those books is the book on transformation. And when we were kind of uh, meeting all of us authors, because there's 30 authors from across the world, from across the globe that wrote in this book, their uh, things that happened in their life that created transformation, there were different segments. And when we all tried to write about it, instead of trying to write, you know, one big transformation that happens in your life, she taught us to kind of go into the segments mm -hmm. throughout your life so that you could focus on one period and write basically a story about that one period. And it's really cool because that alone could help you write a book. You know, if you chunk it down mm -hmm. to those, mm -hmm. those ages, it could help you write a whole book. In this case, I was just writing uh, for a, like a chapter in this mm -hmm. book. Mm -hmm. And so I focused on a transformation that happened a little bit later on in my life, uh, but I'll start back at the beginning for the purposes of this show. I basically was, you know, I went through high school like everybody else, grade school, high school, and uh, I wanted to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a teacher. I used to, you know, set the stuffed animals on the bed and my little brother was eight years younger than I am. So that poor kid, <laughs> you know, he, uh, I made him sit down and I taught him how to add and subtract. <laughs> Here he is four years old. I'm teaching him words like idiosyncrasies and <laughs> the whole bit. And um, yeah, he was, I thought he was pretty smart. So anyway, I was, I was pretty convinced that I was going to be a teacher, but of course life happens when you're making plans and 
So when I got out of high school or when I was getting to the end of high school, I said to my parents that I wanted to go to school and be a school teacher. And of course, I, my parents were not really into school like mm. most parents are. And they said, no, you know, we think it's better if you just get a job. So, mm. <laughs> okay. This was the early eighties when mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. were kind of tough, you know how that goes. And, and, uh, but anyway, so I ended up getting a job uh, for the government. I was working at the police department and I started in the 911 center before it was even 911, believe it or not. Hmm. So there's the first transformation. <laughs> um, I was working in 911 and uh, actually a year and I think nine months later, it became 911. We were actually the first city police department in all of Canada to have 911. Wow, so cool. yeah. And I remember we called it 9-11. How ironic is that? Right, right. We called it 9-11 and uh, our bosses were not happy with us because they kept saying to us, it's 911 because there's no such thing as an 11 button on your phone. So you have to call it 911. So anyway, that was our uh, first lesson in 911. So as I was working in 911, um, fast forward a little bit, five years, and uh, this was on my 25th birthday. Mm-hmm. So things were going okay. And, you know, I mean, it was a tough job. It was really tough because nobody calls you, you know, in the middle of the night. Right. <laughs> to right. see how you're doing or, you yeah. know, everything's an emergency. And, um, so I think that I suffered, uh, PTSD Mm. and I said that in my book as well. And it was really strange. It was a a very strange feeling. And I'm sure that if anybody who's listening to this, uh, can relate, I'm sure that you probably can relate as to how I was feeling at that time. It was kind of like the room was spinning. I remember Mm. that. And I remember kind of being really dizzy and, um, had a massive, massive headache, like, like a Mm. migraine and everything kind of went black, I think. And then, um, it was a while later. I think it was, it was about a half hour later after that, Mm -hmm. when I kind of understood what was going on around me and I kind of came to, I guess, Mm -hmm. but it was just the weirdest thing because, you know, in the early eighties, and I'm sure you, you know what I'm talking about. You, you didn't really talk about anything like this. You know, you Mm. didn't talk about, I grew up with, uh, you know, my mother always saying, you know, if you don't talk about it, it didn't happen. Mm. Right. And Mm. that's what people sort of believed back Mm. then. So I never really talked too much about it, but what happened was I changed in I think my personality changed because it was like a a switch that was flipped. And um, I started just doing all kinds of crazy things. Like, you know, um, like I was, I was not sleeping all of a sudden my sleeping Mm -hmm. patterns had Mm -hmm. changed and I was having a hard time with that. And um, I started eating, but it was eating to fill that void. I, I don't know what the void was, but it was mm-hmm. eating to fill a void. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went on to, or I went to a different job, which was much better. I enjoyed that job, but I was still on the shift work. Mm. And I think shift work really does a number on you. It does. Yeah, it does. And, yeah. And, um, but I, I did enjoy that job. But eventually, after about 10 and a half years of shift work, Hmm. A job came available that was steady days mm-hmm. and that was definitely for me. So I switched over to that job mm-hmm. and then I was in, you know, the working world of normalcy. Mm-hmm. So I thought, hmm. and, uh, yeah, so that was my first, I would have to say that was my first transformation. So getting back onto a regular routine, I was able to, um, get my, my not so good eating under control. And then of course, fast forward to the next stage of my life, 
was uh, basically when I met um, my husband and he was diagnosed with ALS. Wow. So that was a rough transformation. And I think that uh, I became a widow very young. I, I married um, when I was older. Mm-hmm. I was uh, in my early 40s. And so we got married and of course his ALS progressed and that was definitely a huge transformation dealing with that. And I don't know, I don't know if there's like, is there anything in particular that you want to ask me about how I dealt with it or anything to that effect? Well, it's interesting talking about um, transformation because for me, I think about transition and transformation. So transition is we're constantly going transition through transitions. Our lives are changing, things happen to us and we transition through jobs, but we're often not really aware of the impact that that has on us. It's like you with the PTSD, you were not really aware of what was happening in that transition and your personality shifted and changed to protect you in that situation. Transformation is suddenly waking up and saying, oh my God, what, what has been going on for me? So I always think of transformation as, remember those, those uh, transformers, those toys, you know, they were, they get this little car and suddenly it changed completely. So life changed completely in a way that my life is, will never be the same again. So it's, it's, it's the difference between transitioning and transformation. And often transformation is triggered by something. Could be triggered by a great loss. It could be triggered by a trauma. It could be triggered by, um, and sometimes illness will Mm -hmm. uh, cause transformation. Sometimes people are just desperate and it's like, okay, I've had it. I mean, it's kind of like the transformation of someone who is an addict and suddenly they hit rock bottom and it's like, whoa, they transform their lives. So it's, you know, what were those moments where you were like, oh my God, my life has to change because life can happen to us or we learn from what is happening to us. Because for a lot of people, life happens. And, you know, we have a lot of words for those people, victim, martyr, whatever. But when you say, okay, wait a minute, this is happening to me. What's what's the lesson here? And, and I think that's where then transformation takes place. So for you in um, with the PTSD, it mm-hmm. sounds like it just, it took over. Yeah, it and, really did. Yeah. And, and at what point were you able to stop and say, okay, wait a minute. I need to, I need to really transmute. I need to really change my form. And that's often, and it's often our personality that changes. Our personality protects us. So, you know, your personality developed more into, you know, your sleeping patterns changed your eating patterns because you were, you were protecting yourself from the PTSD. Yes. And that was one of the reasons why I had to get off that shift work because I knew that it was affecting me Mm -hmm. and it was causing the PTSD because everything was backwards to normal life. Right. You know, um, eating patterns uh, daylight. And I was not one to be able to sleep, you know, really easily. Right. And so when I worked midnights and then we had to, uh, we had to double back, which we called it. So Mm -hmm. we went, it was basically, um, a mad system as we called it, which was midnights. And then we had to come back to afternoons. And so we called it a double back. So we came back to afternoons and then a month later, and this was a month about, so a month later, we would double back from afternoons to days. So we called it the mad system. Midnight afternoon days. I love it. Mad. (laughs) It was mad. Wow. Wow. And, uh, you know, not that everything was doom and gloom. I I do have a cute story. If you want me to tell you Um, this one time I was doubling back 
And I went home and like I said, I never really slept well. And mm. especially when I was on midnights and I always worried, you know, when I would double back from midnights to afternoons. And uh, so what happened was I came home and, you know, I crawled into bed. I was really, really tired and I'm a dreamer. So my mind is always going always, always, always. And I dreamt that I was late for work. So I literally, I had just gone to bed. I, was, I think I was home like by seven 30, mm. eight o'clock. And I just jumped into bed and I didn't have to be back at work until three o'clock that afternoon, but it was about 10. So probably right when I got into that deep sleep and I all of a sudden woke up and I didn't know where I was. And <laughs> I thought I was supposed to be working days. So I literally called work. I called work and I got a hold of our sergeant who was working in the, in the 911 center with us. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, I said, Sarge, I am so, so sorry that I'm late for work. And, you know, and, and he was all confused because <laughs> I didn't have to be there until the afternoon shift. <laughs> but I just woke up out of this sound sleep. I jumped up, I picked up the phone, I called work and I was like freaking out because you know, I was late for work because on days you had to be there for seven. Right. So anyway, that was pretty funny. He's like, no, no, go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, this is some of the things that happened to me while I was working, you know, these shift work, like right. it was just crazy. My mind would play tricks on me and it was just, it was crazy. But anyway, so I kind of like, I finally got off that madness, but actually to back up a tiny bit because I was going through all of these things and I yeah. was having a lot of problems dealing with this. That's when I first got introduced to a life strategist. And I think we had talked about that before. That's when I first was introduced to a life strategist. And I yeah. really needed that because I yeah. was spinning out of control. I had a lot of problems with anxiety and I just needed somebody to put things into perspective for me. And uh, she really helped me a lot. And mm -hmm. she helped me through that. And, um, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, what I wanted to do with my life and that type of thing. Yeah. So yeah. then, of course, I met Wayne and it was actually on a blind date and um, it, we were set up by a woman who was a mutual friend and you know we started seeing each other and things were good again of course in my life and then after a few months of being together um that's when we found out that he was diagnosed with ALS wow. so so there goes transformation number two because uh he didn't last long he only lasted 18 months and uh, he passed from ALS. And uh, there you go. You know, my life was kind of like adrift again. And I don't know, like, if there's anybody listening to this, I'm sure you can relate. But I, I think I went through that whole PTSD again, because to this day, I lost a whole year. I mm. lost a whole year of anything I don't remember and now when I think of things see because before when I worked that shift work and I worked 911 you become so um what's the word I'm looking for uh multitasking you know mm -hmm. you can become a multitasker mm -hmm. you know I can answer the the police radio I could answer the phone I could you know make a call like mm -hmm. all of these things mm -hmm. I used to be able to do I used to know phone numbers like like that, you know, like mm -hmm. the cab companies, the ambulance, like everybody, you know, like mm -hmm. it was, this is what you're trained to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just remember after, after Wayne died, um, I lost all of that. I lost people's names. I used to be really good with people's mm -hmm. names mm -hmm. and phone numbers and, you know, dates. Like I would never miss anything. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but I just found that my whole life was kind of like, well, was that before death or after death? You know, right. did that happen? Right. Did that happen before or did that happen after? Yeah. And to this day, I found that, 
you know, that's what I was doing. I was like, I was kind of in a fog. Yeah. And then what happened was um, my mom passed away. So Wayne passed away in, in November and my mom passed away in January. Whoa. So I was, I was still in that, that phase of, you know what I mean? Like kind of wandering around, not really knowing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to this day, I can honest, honestly say that I don't remember probably not a lot about my mom's funeral. Yeah. Which is sad. Yeah. Which is really sad, but it's mm -hmm. gone, mm -hmm. you know? So that was another transformation. Now I had to, you know, now I had to go through life as a widow and, you know, like it's, that's really hard when somebody passes away. Mm -hmm. And I think that we had talked about this before people don't really know how to address it. That's right. You know, with you and then going through my mom shortly after I had missed a lot of time at work. And when I came back to work, it was, you know, everybody was kind of walking around like, Oh, you know, Oh, poor you, poor you. I wasn't saying poor me, but they were saying, Oh, poor you, mm. <laughs> you know? Mm. Mm. And that was a huge mm. transformation as well. So I went back to the life strategist and that's when I started mm -hmm. seeing um, psychologists as well mm -hmm. so that they could help me put these pieces back together. Yeah. yeah. And that was, that was a huge transformation. And I think, I think that's really important for people to realize that during those, those transition times, that it's so important to have someone from the outside, a guide, a mentor, a therapist, someone to, to walk with you because as you say, you were, it was like you were in a fog and not knowing where to begin to put life back together because it, everything changed, you know, it's your huge transformation. Not there, your mom is not there. So your whole life changed. So how do you get back on your feet? And I think that's where, you know, needing to, to talk to someone. So, I mean, thank goodness you did that throughout thus far, yeah. that you were able to find somebody that you could relate to and talk to about the, the changes that were occurring in your life and, and throwing you off balance. It's like, okay, what's, what's my life now? Because you thought it was a certain way. And then suddenly it's a different life. And I think that, and I'm not, I'm not trying to like call on a pity party or anything here, but I think that people don't really understand like the general people that you mm -hmm. work with or people that are your family or whatever. I don't think that they really knew how to help me no. because they just, they didn't, they didn't know they couldn't put themselves in my shoes. And I mean, I had a lot of people say, well, why don't you join, you know, a grieving group or why don't you uh, do this or do that? And it was like, but that, that wasn't right for me, Yeah. but I would strongly suggest that anybody who's listening to this, if you're trying to put the pieces back together, like you said, find somebody who's on the outside who can look at mm -hmm. it or maybe they've mm -hmm. been there, done that, and they can help you in that sense, but just find some sort of, you know, even if you just pick up some books and That's read right. some books to help you. Great books out there. There are great books out there. And, and, and I think what happens to people is we go into um, problem solving mode and it's like, oh my goodness, I'm uncomfortable. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do I respond to you? And one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was um, when talking to someone who has just lost a loved one is to tell a story about them. Because the other thing that happens is that people are afraid to talk about the person that's just died. And so it's so uncomfortable. So um, last year, my niece died. So I, whenever I'm with family, I, I, I talk about the great memories that we had because it's almost as if mm, mm, can't talk about them. Can't talk yeah. about that person. It's like, well, why not? That person was such a part of your life. 
celebrate that, tell some stories. And I think it's comforting to hear about those stories because there's some of the stories you might not even know about. Right. Absolutely. And that is true. And stories are definitely the way to go. And, you know, there's, there's so many funny stories that actually I would tell to the family yeah, and they'd yeah, be like, yeah. you know, at first they're like, well, you know, isn't she upset? And here's an interesting part too, Crystal, that I'd like to talk to you about. Mm -hmm. Your niece died suddenly, correct? Yes. Okay. The there's two different types of grieving. I don't know if you agree with this. What I mean by that is, um, okay, Wayne, my husband, was diagnosed in September 2005. Yeah. He passed away in November 2007. Yeah. There were two years two years of grieving yeah i mean two years of grieving <laughs> but right? also two years of being able to talk about what you needed to talk about absolutely yeah, yeah. and to be able to say everything that you wanted to say that's right that's right yes, yes. so that's one type of grieving that's right so when the person actually passes it's a different type of grieving. Yeah. And I think that people don't understand that they're confused because, you know, well, why isn't she just like a, a, a ball of tears? Why isn't she just a ball of tears every time we look at her? Why, you know what I mean? Like, why mm -hmm. is she mm -hmm. sort mm -hmm. of trying to put her life back together? Now, the difference is um, my guy now, Dave. His brother mm -hmm. suddenly lost his wife. One morning, she was late for work. She ran out the door. And unfortunately, she was killed on the 401. Like oh. that morning. Boom. Done. Oh. And uh, his brother had just gotten into work. And an OPP officer showed up and, and told him. And he said, he said he didn't believe the OPP officer sure right yeah 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 it's a shock so that's a completely completely different type of grieving completely completely different type yeah yeah because in a sense you were grieving from the diagnosis until he died even though you were also doing you know you were still living and you were still interacting and you were having conversations you needed to have but there but you knew the time, I mean, we're all going to die, obviously, but you knew the time was coming. Yeah. Whereas when it's a surprise, it's like that, that is such a shock to the system because there's no preparation for that. Despite the fact that we all know we're going to die when it's a tragic accident or an unexpected death, you're right. It, it, it's, it is a different process. And so for you, yes, you're saying that you had those two years. So in some ways it was like, okay, now I can carry on with my life, which does not diminish the fact that you loved Wayne right. at all, or that you didn't value that relationship, but it was hard. It was mm -hmm. a difficult time. And so I, I, I suppose there was probably a sense of relief that his suffering was over. And it was like, okay, Okay. Now, now what? Yeah. Now I can finally get some sleep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. To take care of. And me. a lot of people around me. Yeah. Had a hard time with that because they thought I should have been, you know, in a ball of tears. And yeah. it wasn't that, you know, it wasn't that I, I didn't miss him. It wasn't that I was heartless about him dying. It wasn't about that at all. Yeah, yeah. I think it was harder because people were kind of expecting something different, you know, yeah. something I couldn't give them. And it wasn't the fact that I didn't love him. It wasn't that at all. 
it, it was just that I lived with it. That's right. <laughs> for, for two and a half years, you know? And yeah. I mean, at one point I was so completely exhausted. Yeah. And I remember one point sitting on the edge of the bed and I was crying and this was like maybe two, two weeks before he passed mm-hmm. and I was crying. And he said, he said, cause you know, by this time he's under all the influence of all kinds of great drugs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, he said, why are you crying? And I said, um, and I'll never forget this. I said, well, because I said, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he looks at me and he just got this confused look on his face. And he says, well, not till Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) And I, now when I tell this story, you know, people kind of laugh and I'm like, but that's the way it was like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And sure enough, he died on a Tuesday at four 44 in the morning. Like I'll never, ever forget that it was a Tuesday morning. I have 4.44 in the morning. Wow. And uh, if you've ever seen the movie Tuesdays with Murray, <laughs> that was about wow. patient. So it was wow. just. That's right. That's right. Was, you know, like that I'll always remember. And yeah. Um, yeah. so it was just little things like that. And, and, you know, getting, getting back on my feet. Now I'm a widow. Mm-hmm. I'm young. Mm-hmm. I'm 45 and I'm a widow. And, you know, when it was just, it was just different and, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. people, I don't know if they just thought I was just indifferent or what it was, but they had a hard time with me, I think. Yeah. So when the first, yeah. So when the first anniversary came around, so that's, so there's that transition. When the first anniversary came around, I was so busy at work that I, um, I mean, it came and it went because Mm -hmm. I was just Mm -hmm. very busy. Mm -hmm. The second anniversary I Mm -hmm. found was much more difficult. Hmm. Um, I think the first anniversary, the reason why is so many people remember that first year and so many people reached out to me and Mm. said, you know, I remember or whatever, or, you know, sorry to to hear about your loss, that type of thing. How are you doing? Yeah. But I think by the second anniversary of Mm -hmm. his passing, people Mm -hmm. were, you know, they, they went back to their lives. Um, you know, they didn't remember like I did. Yes. And, you know, you always have that feeling like, Oh, Mm -hmm. am I the only one who remembers this? Does anybody remember him? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was tough. And at that time I was, uh, actually teaching at the college Mm -hmm. and one of the students in the college, she said to me, have you ever heard of the movie, the secret? Mm -hmm. And I remember that the secret was out when, Mm -hmm. um, Wayne was sick because he passed away in 2007 Mm -hmm. and that's when the secret was was popular. I remember that. Right. But I, of course, didn't see it. And Mm -hmm. so I said to the student that I, I remember hearing about it, but I said, I I hadn't seen it. So she actually brought me in a copy of the secret and she Mm -hmm. handed it to me and she said, I really think you should watch this. Hmm. And she said, keep it as long as you want. She said, you know, just, I want you to have it. And, you know, so I brought it home and I watched it and, oh, wow. (laughs) wow (laughs) wow it was like having one of those sessions with my life strategist you know with my therapist and yeah and I was just like I was taking copious notes man and I was like re-watching it and I was going through this over and over and over Mm -hmm. then I started researching everybody that was in the movie Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just you know looking it up and so that's when I was introduced to Jack Canfield uh-huh because he was in the movie the secret mm-hmm. and so that was in 2007 well of course you know life goes on so now i'm making this transition now i'm you know i'm back to being single mm-hmm. and looking for i was too young to you know be single for the rest of my life yep so looking for prince charming mm-hmm. that's what i was doing mm-hmm. and um 
yeah, well, <laughs> I think you got to kiss a lot of frogs before you meet <laughs> Prince Charming, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that in itself could be a podcast. I'll tell you what. <laughs> ah, anyway, um, so finally, uh, getting back to the whole secret thing. So finally in 2011, mm-hmm. and that's where the second book starts, my mm-hmm. uh, book on gratitude, mm-hmm. that book, um, I happened to be working the home show mm-hmm. and, uh, I'll tell this story. And of course there was a booth right across from me mm-hmm. at the home show. And there were three men at this booth. Mm-hmm. And um, they were selling standby generators and I was selling greeting cards, believe it or not, because I belonged to a greeting card company at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so one of the partners from the booth across the uh, way or across the aisle can walk it over to me. And he started asking me a bunch of questions, you, you know, nice looking gentleman started nice smile, started asking mm-hmm. questions. And when he walked away, I noticed that he had a wedding ring on and I was like, okay, this isn't good Mm. because, you know, Mm. these questions that you're asking should Mm. not be asked by a married Mm. man. Mm. And uh, (laughs) so anyway, so he, unbeknownst to me, he was walking back and he was telling his business partner (laughs) that he should come over and talk to me wrong frog nice girl and you know i'm single and i'm a widow and you know mm-hmm. so anyway so the evening wears on and um we're doing our thing and finally it was pretty quiet so a second guy from that booth come wandering over <laughs> and he says he introduces himself and he puts out his hand and he says hi i'm dave Mm-hmm. and uh so I was like oh hi Dave and I'm still thinking you know he's probably married too so anyway <laughs> right because yeah. now now I'm already you've already tainted me so <laughs> so it was actually my uh one of my best friends who was sitting next to me in the in the booth and mm-hmm. we were both doing our thing and um she says wow that guy's really nice and I'm like this is Dave of course <laughs> And I said, he's probably married with six kids, you know, (laughs) she says, oh, I don't know. You better, you better talk to him and get to know him a little. So anyway, so he's, he's talking to me and we're, we're chit-chatting back and forth and he looks down and he sees the greeting cards that I have in front of me on the table displayed on the table. And he says, do you belong to this company? And I said, I do. And he said, I belong to this company. And I was like, Oh, cool. So now we have something to talk about. We yeah. Have something yeah. Coming. So we're talking and everything. And all of a sudden, just out of the blue, he's asking me some questions and stuff. How long have I been in, you know, mm-hmm. and how long has he been in and on and on. And all of a sudden he kind of like goes white and his eyes got about this big. Mm-hmm. And he says, he just like stopped for a minute. And he says, were you, were you at the session? in Detroit that happened like in November so this is April April 1st so last November and I said yeah and he goes were you by chance the girl who got up on stage and I was like yeah so what happened was they asked us at this session if we would write out a card if we could write out a card to anyone yeah who would we write out a card to yeah and this was during the anniversary of course of wayne one of the anniversaries of wayne's passing oh so i wrote a greeting card to wayne about our story type thing yes so of course they're going around the audience and you know and i knew the guy who had the microphone in his hand and sure enough he makes a beeline right for me and he says we want you to read your card. So I was like, oh, so I got up and I read the card out loud. And of course there's not a dry eye in the place, mm-hmm. you know, because it was mm-hmm. such a touching card. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now the CEO calls me up on stage 
So I go up on stage and he says, you know, that was such a moving card. He said, we're going to give Wayne a standing ovation. So everybody, and there's like 700 people there. So everybody gets up and gives Wayne the standing ovation. Well, I'm bawling. Everybody's sure. bawling. Yeah. So then I go back to my seat and I sit down. So of course, when this session is over, um, everybody stormed me who was there because, you know, oh, great story. Oh, you know, sorry for your loss and loved your card and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of love that day, put it that way. <laughs> but there were people surrounding me. So Dave tells me that he said, were you the girl who was up on stage? And I said, yeah. And he said, I said to my, to the person who he went with, to my partner, that I wanted to meet you because I wanted to hear, he said, there had to be a happy ending to this story. Uh. And he said, but I couldn't get near you because there were so many people. Oh, so here we were goodness. six months later, face to face. Unbelievable. I love it. Isn't that cool? I love it. What a great story. It is a great story. It's I tell a great everybody story. that story. It's a great story. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And we've been together ever since. So that's wow. like almost, almost 12 years ago. I know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so there's another transformation, right? Yeah. Wow. So, in tw so then fast forward to 2019 mm -hmm. after watching the movie, the secret in 2007. Yeah. 2000 no this would have been 2009 because it was two years after okay wayne's death so fast forward to 2019 and uh there's the next part of my those the the yearly chunks right so 2019 comes along jack canfield is coming to chicago mm -hmm. normally he does all of his seminars webinars everything you know like in california because that's where he lives but he's coming to Chicago so I say to Dave you know we gotta go yeah after I watch the movie The Secret I'd love to see him in person yeah. yeah so and it's on a Sunday so we could drive you know on Friday spend the weekend in Chicago it'll be great so sure enough we get tickets and we get VIP seats mm -hmm. and we drive to Chicago and we have our weekend in Chicago and then on Sunday we go to the Jack Canfield event Mm -hmm. And did I tell you about this? Mm -hmm. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> so there's like, there had to be like a thousand people there yeah. in the hotel. So everybody went their way, right? So we were VIP seats. So we had to go over here. There were other seats. They had mm -hmm. to go here. Another set of seats had to go over there. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we, you know, take, we sign in, get our VIP seats, put our like VIP stickers on and, you know, we're going to meet Jack Canfield. We're going to have lunch with them. We're going to meet him after the show. So I'm so excited. And so we sat in the VIP seats. So we get in there, but while we're standing in line, while we're standing in line, this is the best story ever. <laughs> there was, there was a gentleman who was standing right behind us and yeah. everybody was talking and, you know, and trying to get to know mm -hmm. each other. And mm -hmm. so he's standing right behind us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so we noticed that he's alone. So mm -hmm. we're like, Hey, you know, if you want to kind of like hang out with us, you can. And mm -hmm. he says, yeah, I have VIP seats. He says, but my wife didn't want to sit in the VIP section. So she's with our son on the other side mm -hmm. we're like oh that's okay you know we're in the vip seat so you feel free to sit with us so the conversation goes like this so where are you from because that's how you always start a conversation of course so um we said we he asked us so we said you know ontario canada he's like really so am i <laughs> and we're like oh and he says we're in ontario Dave says, you're not going to, you're not going to know it, but we're from Berlin, Ontario. He goes, really? <laughs> I'm from Berlin. And we're like, really? He says, yeah. He said, my wife and I live in Toronto, but I just bought a house in Berlin because I'm retiring 
in Toronto and I'm moving to Merlin in this house. <laughs> Where's your house? <laughs> so he tells us, well, we just bought a house on, you know, Talbot Trail right there, right by the water. We're like, really? <laughs> So believe it or not, this guy lives in a house that we can see from our house. What are the chances? In Chicago, we meet this guy. Yeah, yeah. So of course, he's right into the whole Jack Canfield thing like we are. And, you know, since then, we've had dinner at their house. They've had dinner at our house. And uh, sure enough, from their front porch, you can see... (laughs) you see right across the fields and there's our house so it's like so so things happen things happen to you at these big gatherings they do yeah I mean I met Dave and then yeah I know it's crazy that is crazy wow so I did meet Jack yeah I did meet Jack and that's when um so I had a great conversation with Jack and that's when I decided that the story or his webinar or seminar which Mm -hmm. was one day to greatness Mm -hmm. was so amazing because I was teaching I am teaching at the college at the time Mm -hmm. and um it's so amazing I'm like wow and I was I was looking for some new material that Mm -hmm. I could Mm -hmm. teach the students besides just the textbook stuff because I I love doing stuff that's not textbook stuff right (laughs) so when I heard his message I was like wow I I have to I have to figure this out, figure out how Mm -hmm. to bring it to my students. Mm -hmm. So then Jack offers, of course, a certification. Uh And I said to Dave, well, I have to get certified. So I sign up for the certification. And of course I come home and, you know, life happens. Mm -hmm. So it sits on the shelf. And so I call it Jack in the box. Well, it's sitting (laughs) up on the shelf. (laughs) My Jack in the box. And uh, once again, you know, life happens. I ended up having to get some foot surgery. So mm-hmm. I had to take that semester off college. And right. that's when that's when COVID hit in 2020. Right. Yeah. So now I'm heading back down that whole, you know, depression highway because mm-hmm. my foot's in a cast. <laughs> it's up in the air. Um, I got to tell you, I thought for sure that I was all set. I could hop around on one foot. No problem. No, (laughs) Uh I don't know if you've ever had foot surgery, but I'll tell you what, I would rather have any other surgery any day rather than foot surgery. But anyway, so I started going down that whole spiral, which I'm sure, Mm. unfortunately, many people did with COVID being locked in, not being able to go anywhere, not being able to see anybody or talk to anybody. And um, so I was just going down that negative road right along with everybody else. And um, out of the blue, I got an email from Jack and uh, it basically said, okay, we're going to do this whole new program called reignite your life Mm. online. So I said to Dave, I said, you know what? I need to get back into the whole Jack thing and take that course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I did. And thank goodness I did because wow, what a life changer. So, Mm. you know, I'm, I'm not Mm. here to promote Jack, but I'll tell you what, (laughs) if I can, if there's ever any online programs and he has tons of them that, you Mm -hmm. know, you can sign up for, I would strongly recommend it or your favorite personal development person. I'm not saying Jack is the end all be all. He's just the one that I enjoyed following, but there's so many more mentors out there, you know, so many. And I would highly recommend, even if you are working or if you have a busy life or whatever the case may be, Mm. take a moment and look at all of those programs online that they are offering, because I'll tell you what, it will bring you back into the living faster than anything, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, anything. 
So then meeting Jack and getting into the Jack programs, then I got my certification and Mm -hmm. I started teaching Mm -hmm. it and I started Mm -hmm. being involved in the programs and in the community. And that's when I met Jan who writes the books. Right. And it just really fell into place. And so I met her and I started writing with the books and just that whole community Mm. And I've been coaching on Jack's programs, which is Breakthrough to Success. These are online programs. So I was coaching with him. I was doing all kinds of things with this group. And uh, I got to tell you, that's definitely a transformation in Mm -hmm. my life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is being involved in that. Absolutely. Because it's really, um, transformation is also the way that we think. And it's interesting, you know, you're talking about the depression during COVID that a lot of people did kind of go down that rabbit hole of being isolated. I think one of the good things that came out of it was the uh, use of technology, you know, being able to do the program online as opposed to having to go somewhere. And I think that in some ways it makes a lot of these programs more available to more people. Yes. And I think your advice is great that, you know, to look at what is out there, because there's so much out there and just figure out, okay, what resonates with, with you, where you are in your life right now, because we're all, we're always in transition. There's always something happening. Sometimes it's a little transition. Sometimes it's major the way you talked about some of those major transitions that totally transformed your life. But to always just be open to, okay, what's out there? It doesn't mean that it's all for you. It's like, which one resonates? What resonates? And obviously, Jack really resonated with you. Yes. It was the perfect place at the perfect time for you. So it's really trusting that, isn't it? Because one of the things, Luann, that's interesting for me is how sometimes as a coach, I watch people and everyone comes to a workshop or to a conference and everybody's like, oh, wow, this is it. But it doesn't necessarily resonate with everyone. And it's really finding what what speaks to your own heart's desire as opposed to it's this is for everybody. I, I learned that long time ago with diets. I can remember, you know, all yeah. of these diets and it's like, oh, this is the one, this is gonna work for everybody. And I, I learned very quickly I think I was in my thirties, the fit for life diet was the diet. So you eat fruit till noon and then you can eat whatever. Well, that was way too much sugar for me. I I was like walking around kind of dizzy and I thought, what's wrong with me? A friend of mine still does that diet. And at that moment I realized, you know what? I guess it just doesn't work for everybody. And that's true about everything, isn't it? It's like, yes, one size does not fit all. So one particular approach to coaching or mentoring isn't necessarily the thing for everyone. And it's really about finding what resonates for you. And that's what you did. And so I'm sure that with your students, it's such a gift that you give them that you are working with Jack's ideas and the things that he's teaching that you're offering to them. And for some of them, it's probably brilliant, brilliant. Right. And you know, all I do is I do exactly what Jack did to us and he invited us. He made the invitation. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And it's the same with your coaching or with my coaching. We give the invitation. That's right. And I just want to add to there's so many programs out there that are free. That's right. That's right. So don't think that you can't um, get involved in one of these programs because, you know, because it's not free or it's going to cost you a lot of money. Yes, my certification did cost me money, Mm -hmm. but I'm certified so that I can help as many people as I can. That's right. But I give myself and a partner, as you know, we do free and they're absolutely free. Mm -hmm. You come out and we basically give you a message for that night. 
-hmm. And every one of them is different. So it's not Mm -hmm. like you're going to come and hear the same thing over and over and over. Right. But it's free. So there's so many things out there. And, and just like Crystal says, try it on. That's right. We're just giving you the invitation. That's right. That's right. So, and you know, you can get little tiny bits from everybody. So Crystal does a great talk and you can get like, even if you just get one little golden nugget, that's right. And then you come and you listen to me talk and then you get, because my talk will be different than Crystal's and it, I'll give you just an aha moment Mm -hmm. or something that Mm -hmm. maybe somebody Mm -hmm didn't think of or didn't look at it that way or you know just one little tiny golden nugget that's right and that's right you start putting these golden nuggets together and you're Mm -hmm. just going to in my opinion be happier and that that's what it's all about because right now mental health is an epidemic that's right it's crazy Mm -hmm. right now Yeah, I I can remember we would, when I was working at the college, um, we would go to conferences and, you know, sometimes they were three, five days, whatever. And if there was one thing, and uh, you know, it was like overload, there was so much going on, but if there was one thing that we could bring back, it was worth it. And I think it's this, it's the same with what, what we're all doing. It's if someone can take one thing, one little thing and apply it to their life and it, changes it transforms something in their life fantastic yeah yeah so or Lorraine, even the stories even the stories yeah, that's right that's right stories are so effective and and i think that's um a good point in terms of where asking you where can people get your books oh okay <laughs> well my website because okay. i also am the host of a tv show which is called the Mindset Playground. Mm-hmm. And I have some amazing hosts or uh, guests on there. Like Crystal's going to be one of my guests and I'm so excited. <laughs> and so many people that I have been interviewing and they're all different. Like yesterday, I just did an interview with uh, Maria Elena and she grew up or she grew up in a castle in Britain. So mm. she told us what it was like, what her life was like growing up in a castle she now lives in Spain. Huh. So like what a cool, cool interview with her. And um, so it's a great show. So you can find all of that information on my website, okay, which great. is luannhunt.ca. Okay. Luannhunt.ca. I'll make sure that that's uh, uh, posted at the end of, depending on how, if people are listening, it will be on the podcast site. And if people are watching, it'll be at the end of the um of the the program i'll have i'll have that listed so people can contact you and also tell us about your monthly um presentation that you do where and where what yes well um as i was telling you it's completely free it's Mm -hmm. at the windsor yacht club which is at riverside and riverdale in windsor and it is free. It starts at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. So come on in. And there's myself and another gentleman. He was certified by um, Bob Proctor. Mm-hmm. So two different messages, completely mm-hmm. different messages. Mm-hmm. And again, if you get one nugget from Mike and one nugget from myself, it is totally worth going out or coming out. And that's usually once a month. And again, it'll be listed on my website and also on my social media. Perfect. So for sure. Perfect. And and I've been to one and I highly recommend it. It's a, a very informative evening and positive and for sure people will get something out of it. So um, highly recommend it. To, to yeah. And, and every listen. month it's a different topic. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, any, any last words for our listeners? Well, if you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's meant to be, it's, it's up to me. That's really the only messages that I try to live by. Mm -hmm. And you're not, you're not what your past is. You're not, you're really not your individual, whether you were born the heir or the spare, 
you're both right. I'm right. listening to that. I'm listening to that book right now. It's awesome. Okay. And that's good. what it says. Yeah. So okay. that's the one nugget I got. You're just as important. That's even right. though you're not the heir. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, For it sure. has been a pleasure, Luann, to have you uh, as my guest today. I really appreciate you taking the time um, to be here. And thank you listeners for joining me today on Journey to Inner Wisdom. And I hope that um, you continue to join me and my guests as we continue to explore this journey. See you next time.